Hey, students and uh, family and friends. Uh, I want to take a little bit of time uh, tonight to share a, uh, a This Is Me story. It, it, it's a story I've shared uh, many times live throughout the years. Uh, and um, it, it's a story of how a unchurched boy who stuttered became a Jesus-following Baptist pastor, youth pastor. Uh, and um, it, it's one I've done live, but I've never done it on video before. So I thought, you know what, this, this is a, a great, great time to do it. We hope to start the Edge back next week. Uh, so this might be the last one of these we do for a while. Let's hope, because, man, I miss you guys greatly. Um, and what I love about my story is it's, it's um, not so much about me, but it's so much about how great and good our God is. Uh, and that God uh, has a plan and a purpose for everybody. I am utterly convinced of that. My story starts when I was about four or five. Uh, I had double vision. Uh, what would happen is if there was, there was one door in front of me, I would see two doors because both eyes would work at the same time. And I'd see the view through both eyes and see two doors. And I could either sort of guess and pick the right door or I could run and in, run into the wall because I picked the wrong door when the eyes were working wrong the the fix for that was they would put a patch on an eye to try to make an eye strong, stronger when I weak weaker so when I would take the lead and I would no longer see double I, I can still even to this day force myself to see double uh, it's a stupid human trick that I can do uh, that's worth not worth anything um, and so I am um, I, I had this patch on my eye, and so one day when I was five, my mom found me curled up sobbing in my bedroom in the corner of the room. Um, and what had happened, she said, was that I, I couldn't see, that my patched eye was, was, was covered up, and the eye that was not covered, that was supposed to be str stronger, had shut itself off. And it, so the eyes had messed up, and I was sort of temporarily blind, and it, it, it freaked me out uh, as a young man. The mom says from that day forward, I stuttered, uh, so it was sort of a traumatic effect, and uh, they still don't understand a stutter. Like, why does it? Like, some people say, "Well, why don't you stop stuttering? Why don't you just, just you know, just stop?" And it's not that easy. Uh, it has to do with the way that the 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 ears hear what the mouth say and what, how they all communicate to the brain. The ears think you're saying it wrong, so it stops you. The brain stops you and stops you and stops you. So there's just certain uh, words or, or nervous times where where um, for a stutter, man, it's very hard just to communicate and talk. And through the years, I've learned better ways to communicate. But, man, I can stutter so much still to this day. And stuttering is not the coolest thing in the world to grow up with. Uh, but my parents um, didn't treat it as an issue. They made me live life and speak to people and make phone calls and or order my food when I went out to eat uh, and didn't blink or bat an eye as I struggled through spe speaking because uh, they weren't going to let it be a handicap in life. Some people would pick, but most people were pretty encouraging or understanding uh, with it as I grew up. You know, and as I grew up, though, I, I believe that God was real. I, I looked around the world uh, that I saw in the sunrise and sunset and an eclipse and in trees and in the way the human body's made and all this. I could see all that, and I thought there's got to be a, a creator. Uh, so I had a firm belief that God was real, but I didn't believe in a per per personal God. I didn't believe in a God that, that, that cared because, in truth, I thought, how could a caring God uh, have created me the way I was, broken uh, and flawed compared to everybody else? So I thought God was real, but he was no longer around. He just didn't, didn't care. 
fast forward to going into my senior year of high school. It was that summer going into it, and my friend Gary, who I'd been to church a few times with, uh, Gary from school and lived down the street, he inv invited me uh, to church, and I went, and he invited me to camp, and uh, a church camp. And to be honest, that was the last thing I wanted to be a part of. A, a church camp sounded like an awful thing, especially a week or two before school starts back. I mean, talk about wasting a week of your life. And then Gary said a phrase that changed everything for me. He said, hey, I just want to let you know, in our youth group and at our church camp, there are 24 high school girls and eight high school guys. And I went, oh, you know what? Church camp doesn't sound that bad. Uh, because when you stutter, man, you need the best odds that you can get. So uh, I ended up, long story short, I, I went to camp looking for love. And in the fourth night of camp, um, love found me, but not in the way I expected. You see, I'd heard the gospel shared before, but as I, I was sitting in a worship service that night, and Bill Yeldell, as he preached, and he talked about uh, we all sin and fall short of God's glory, and the, what we earn from sin is death. And I understood that. I could relate to that. And he said, you know, you can't fix your own sin. We're too bro broken. We're, we, we can't fix our sin. And I understood that because I had tried to be good and tried to be good uh, for everybody. And I was just failing all the time. And then he talked about Jesus and why Jesus came and that he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross as a sacrifice for, for our sins, for my sins. And I remember when I heard that phrase, I was like, that is what I need in my life. Uh, and he said, just to turn away from your sin and turn to Christ. So I remember that night when the invitation was, was given, I, um, if I didn't get up right there and, and talk, to, talk to someone, give my life to Christ, I was just going to explode on the spot. Every, every, every cell in my being was just going to explode. So that night I put my faith and trust in, G in Jesus Christ. And for me, er everything changed. Um, Fast forward a couple years, I'm still going to the same church. I'm in college now. I'm, I'm working some with the youth, and for two years, I feel God calling me to work with youth. But uh, I've got a problem. I stutter, and if you work with youth, if you're a youth pastor, you've got to speak like all the time to people. Uh, you see, my life goal at that point was to be a chef or to be a physical ther therapist. The problem was I couldn't cook, and I hated science. So those two things did not work out for me. And so one day after two years, man, I'm just reading the word on my own. I'm in Exodus chapter three and four, reading about Moses and the burning bush, a story a lot, a lot of us have read. And God goes to him, God, God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I want you to use you to deliver my people from the, prom, the promise uh, and, and take them to the prom, prom, promised land, deliver them from Egypt. And uh, I remember, I'm, I'm reading the story, just going along with it, yeah, yeah. And Moses is like, God, I, I, I can't do it. And God says, no, listen, I'm going to give you signs. You're going to do, do, do wonders. I will be with you. And then Moses says in chapter 4, uh, 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 verse 8 or 9, I think, he says, but, but God, I'm slow of mouth and tongue. Uh, I'm not your man. I cannot do the job. And it says, God says in verse 10, he says, who made man's mouth? Who made him deaf, dumb, or blind? Am I not God? And I remember I read that. Now, we don't know if, if Moses stuttered, but we do know this. He was scared to speak. And I could relate to that really, really well, like many of you can. And so I was like, there's, um, 
uh, and God, God said, I, I made you the way you are. And that statement changed my life because all of a sudden I understood that God had made me intentionally the way that I was with a purpose and a plan. Uh, it says, it goes on, it says, after God says, who made man deaf, dumb, blind, am I not God? Moses says, oh, but God, I cannot do it. I am not your man. And God says to him, he says, it says that God's anger burns against him. And I thought, as a as a 22-year-old guy, I thought, dear Lord, this world's mean enough. I don't need the anger of God to burn against me. So at that point, I said, God, whatever you want. If you want me to go into the ministry, I will do it. Um, but I'm terrified. Uh, but if you've called me to do it, I will go. You see, stuttering's one of my weaknesses. The question is, what are yours? Is it God could never use me? Is it, uh, man, I'm just too shy, I'm just too introverted? Is it, um, I just don't have, I just don't have it. Whatever it is, I have no idea. I've never had it, I never will. We just sort of think, how in the world can he use me? Some of our weaknesses are sort of hidden. Uh, um, that we know, but maybe no one else does. Some are sort of hung on the outside and you've got to either deal with it or you're never going to be effective. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, uh, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I just want to remind you something. God has created you uh, inten intentionally the way you are with a purpose and a plan. Uh, I don't care what the world has said to you. Uh, don't believe them. Uh, God is so much greater than what this world says. The, 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 the question would be, if God creates us with a plan and a purpose, why does he even allow us to have weaknesses to begin with? It's interesting, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, Paul sort of ad addresses a weakness that he has. He, he goes to God and he pleads for God to take uh, a weakness from him. We don't know what it is specifically, but he pleads for God to take it away from him. But God says this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in, 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 in weakness. And so Paul goes, so therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, for when I am weak, then I am, I am strong. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing about uh, our weaknesses. I think they, they are partly given us to, so that we will draw near to God so that we will lean into God, that we will uh, have faith in God. You know, John 10, 10 says, uh, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life to the, to the full. That's the end of that verse. And I believe I live life to the full when I'm stepping out on faith, usually speaking in front of groups of people, uh, doing the thing that can ter terrify me still, even to this day. Um, that's when I am in living life to the full. Uh, one thing else about my stutter, you know, uh, I don't tell this to everybody, but I am a jerk. Uh, I, I just am. I, I, I can think really highly of myself. I uh, think I'm better than others. And um, what's interesting is many times when I'm feeling that way, I will be going to speak and I can't even say my own name. And when you can't say your own name, it humbles you very quickly. Uh, and it it makes me get into check and understand I'm just not all that in a bag of chips, that I am just a struggling man. Uh, and that so many times keeps me close to God uh, and leaning into him. And if that's what it takes, I've got some people that say, man, I hope your stutter never goes away. 
and I want to go, seriously, this thing that has haunted my life and is frustrating and aggravating so many times, uh, but I agree with them. If my stutter is what it takes for me to stay close to God, to, to lean into him, then let me have it for the rest of my life. It is so worth it. God will use your your weaknesses for his glory. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians, I think 9, it says he takes the, the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He takes the, the foolish things of the world to to to, to shame, shame the wise. Um, if God can use my weakness for his glory, then it's worth it. It's worth it every time. As a 15-year-old kid, if you had told me, hey, hey, Dan, uh, when, you, uh, when you go get done with college uh, for 26-plus years, every week you're going to uh, speak in front of a group of people uh, for 35 minutes or, or more uh, and, and preach uh, for the next 26 years, I would have told them they were idiots. And that was the last thing I would ever want to do with my life. That that was much more of a nightmare than a dream for me. But I will tell you this. Some of the most fulfilling things I have been given the opportunity to do has been to preach the gospel to teenagers. To, to, to speak God's word. To speak his truth. Even when it's hard to speak. Uh, some of the greatest times of my life have been that. And because of that, God has 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 blessed me in ways I would never have dreamed of. I have had friendships with students uh, and with, I've been a, a brother, I've been a mentor, I've been a father figure, and uh, it's all because of the goodness of God, uh, a path I would never have chosen for myself. Um, I will tell you, it's worth it. No matter how hard it is, whatever God calls you to do or who God calls you to be, it's worth it. So go for it with everything that you have. My challenge for students uh, today is on social media, share a little bit of your story uh, in video form about how you came to Christ or how Christ is working in your life right now. Even if it's just a minute or two, share your story for a world to see. Because if you don't share it now, when are you going to start? So my challenge is to share your story. This is me, uh, and I thank God for what he's done in my life. Thanks for taking the time. Have a great week.